the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. I uh, hope your weekend's going well. Hey, happy birthday, Marines. And um, also, uh, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all of our veterans. A um, lot going on for the military these uh, last couple days. So uh, thank you very, very much um, again to the Marine Corps and also to uh, to to all the veterans out there and your families. I, I know it's, um, it's a sacrifice for everybody uh, involved when uh, you serve your country. Um, and I admire people that that uh, that have done that and currently are doing it. So thank you very much. Um, good program plan for you. Interesting top stories and a um, little bit of economic data and also some interesting topics about uh, potential recession for 2024, um, artificial intelligence, AI, uh, those uh, stocks, for example, have really been leading the market this year. It's a couple handfuls of them. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. Also, the jobs um, situation, starting to see some issues there. That's in some of the um, the economic data, you know, that we've been seeing. So we'll be talking about all that and more. So uh, get yourself another uh, cup of coffee or a cold drink and, um, and stay tuned. So, you know, what we're seeing... Um, in the country right now with all of the extremists, with um, the the protests and uh, basic, you know, soft rioting and the uh, the destruction of statues, our, our nation's history, uh, just because people don't like it, uh, they want to try to change it. And guess what? You're never going to do it. Um, that's not going to happen. You can you can bring out as much spray paint as you want and um, whisper lies into people's ears. But um, real Americans uh, aren't going to ever, you know, buy the 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 kind of the the rewriting that you're trying to do of what this country is all about, what made us so great and has put us in this position. But also what we're seeing on um, college campuses, of course, it's uh, very disheartening. Um, This goes back. Look, I think back in 2007. When I was doing uh, one of the programs, uh, you know, doing one of my shows here for your financial editor. Um, with, oh, which, by the way, so we're going to be celebrating our 26 year anniversary of the Your Financial Editor program. And um, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, Secretary uh, Carson, is going to join me again. Um, he was with me a couple years ago. He's coming back on for another um, celebration of the anniversary of the program. But anyway, um, Back in, I think it was 2007, you had the, I think he was the president of um, Iran, uh, Ahmadinejad, or, you know, and he was coming to Harvard and all these colleges. And, you know, back then we were questioning what's going on. Um, you know, you can't talk about Jesus Christ or the Lord or our founding fathers without getting, you know, kind of hisses from the audience but you're going to bring in you know these type of people and look 
That was back in 2007, if I remember right, and look at where we are now. So how does that all come into business? Well, it's really simple. You point those things out and you talk about them as we did because that's the future generation of our economic and business as well as our national security um, professionals. So it's important to, to try to understand what they're being taught, uh, the lies uh, that they're being taught, and the corruption of them, because we're going to have to deal with it, and our kids are going to have to deal with it, and our grandkids are going to have to deal with it. So what you're seeing, this false narrative uh, on these college campuses and at these protests that um, the Israel is responsible for genocide and uh, all the other garbage that they're trying to get um, push through, um, and and they're they're telling these lies about what's going on and what what happened on October seventh, and we're seeing these protests, and we're seeing these posts that are being put out there um, on social media, and you're seeing some some solid uh, pushback, which is good. Uh, for example, this week, billionaire Bill Ackman sent a lengthy letter to the president of his alma mater, um, which is Harvard, talking about the, uh, you know, the anti-Israel, anti-Jew sentiment on that campus and others. And he basically said, so anyway, uh, Bill Ackman, if you're not familiar with him, he's a big hedge fund uh, manager. He's worth billions of dollars, as I said. He went to Harvard for his undergrad and his graduate degree. He got a master's of business administration in 1992 um, and basically sent a letter to the president of Harvard saying, look, uh, we want to know more about these students, these radical students that you have on your campus. And I think he did it the right way. Um, He went to Harvard. He met with uh, Jewish people, with those directly from Israel, non-Jewish students on the campus. And then he basically, once he got a sense of what was really going on, he said, look, release the membership list of more than 30 student groups, not 30 people, 30 student groups that signed a letter blaming Hamas terror attacks solely on Israel. So why did they do that? Well, this is where it's important. And all of us really, if we're in the know, we're keeping this at the forefront of our mind. The request was done so that he and other executives could avoid inadvertently hiring them in the future, those people. So you want to identify uh, these crazy people and make sure uh, you don't hire them. And also, if you're a consumer, you know that you don't do business with them and their organization um, as well. So I thought that was great. He's not alone. Like I said, there's others that uh, have jumped into that form of pushback. And uh, I think it's wonderful. And I think it's good for our economy and our financial markets and our, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the legal profession, you name it. Um, going forward. So we continue to deal with all the inflation. Um, it's it's really, really hurting people. There's It seems like a report or a new survey every day, if not every, you know, or every other day, 
pointing out just how tough it is for people. Americans are turning to their credit cards to cover everyday expenses. There was another report this week showing that with uh, credit card debt hitting a new record high at the end of September. This was from the New York Federal Reserve uh, Bank. They published the report on Tuesday, and I was reading it. And I mean, just for the July to September quarter, total credit card debt increased $48 billion to well north of a trillion dollars now. Um, This is the highest level on record since the Fed started collecting data back in 2003. Credit card delinquencies continue to rise from uh, their um, uh, pre-virus lows that we saw. Um, It's just it's not good. It's really, really hard on people. And, you know, you hate to 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 beat that dead horse, but we have to make sure that we keep it in the forefront again of our minds so that when we're making decisions, they're the right decisions, whether it's voting or, you know, you fill in the blank. And it's not just the consumer. Another report came out this week showing that small businesses are increasingly turning to credit cards as a key source of funding because of uh, the high inflation they're dealing with, as well as the high borrowing cost because the Federal Reserve was so late to address inflation. So there was a, uh, a new small business index. It's published by Intuit QuickBooks, and it showed that uh, unlike you know the larger firms, a significant number of small businesses have relied on credit cards over the past 12 months. Um, in the U.S., 30% of small businesses have used credit cards as the primary or secondary source of funding. Another 22% relied on a loan or a line of credit Again, because of the inflation and the, uh, the the high borrowing costs because interest rates are so high. So, look, you've got the consumer with the one report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Then you get the business, small business report from Intuit QuickBooks. And then on top of that, we saw that a growing number of Americans are making emergency withdrawals from their 401k retirement plans to cover financial uh, emergencies because of the high inflation. This was from uh, Bank of America. They they did a study um, or a survey about 18,000 workers taking part in employer-sponsored 401ks made a hardship withdrawal during the uh, three-month period of July to September. I mean, this is crazy. 18,000 people going to their savings so that they can, you know, take care of their day-to-day necessities, just necessities. So, you know, this is something that you have to qualify for. It has to be an immediate and a heavy financial need. Um, you Once you take that hardship withdrawal, you don't pay it back. Um, also, they make sure that people aren't going to, you know, roll the money somewhere else. But the average that folks were pulling out of their 401ks was about $5,070. I mean, this is just crazy. And it was comparable to the hardship withdrawals we saw in both the, the uh, first and second quarter of this year. Just, this economy is tearing people up. I mean, tearing them up. So one of the reasons, of course, is um, the government... Bureaucrats, you know, they're out of control spending. 
And we're starting to see, you know, a little bit of improvement there possibly um, where these standalone bills are phenomenal. It's so smart, so much common sense. Not these big, fat, omnibus bills where they throw everything, including the kitchen sink, into it, and that's full of cash, too. Um, so people get pet projects and payoffs, and they get um, political contributions. It's just it's disgusting. So when these bills come uh, standalone, it's wonderful. So, And I can tell you, you know it's wonderful when people start whining about it, right? And, and and complaining. So we saw that this week from Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, um, who's an embarrassment. And, you know, once again, was that with uh, with China um, acting like they're our friend? Um, she's just an embarrassment. Um, but, you know, we heard her saying that, well, wait a minute. That 14 billion dollars in aid to Israel which, by the way, is for the war against the Hamas jihadist, um, that money can't be taken from the $80 billion allocated for the IRS in the bill that Biden signed last year. Well, yeah, it can. And doesn't that make you feel good? Instead of another $14 billion of debt, that we're actually going to offset it with something that's already been uh, earmarked for spending? And she's whining, saying you can't do that. Yep. I hope they do. That'd be fantastic. Standalone bill. We're going to talk about it. Say, hey, okay, uh, discuss it, vote on it. Israel gets the money. And by the way, it doesn't go on to the $33.7 trillion in debt that we currently have. Um, But uh, we're going to offset it with the ridiculous spending under uh, Pelosi, Schumer, and Biden. So she's trying to act like she knows what she's talking about, saying playing politics with IRS funding is unacceptable. Cutting it would be damaging and irresponsible. No, it wasn't. The bill in the first place is what was uh, unacceptable and irresponsible. That's, you know, so it was wonderful to see that. And I love that she's complaining about it because, again, I think that means something something positive is happening. Um, And again, isn't it just great to think that we could have standalone bills so we know exactly what we're talking about? All right. If there's people out there that want to keep sending money to Ukraine, even though there's no real accountability for it, um, put it up to vote as just Ukraine, not Israel, Ukraine, border, and whatever else, again, pet project you want to fill in that's just by name in many cases. Like the border, what does that mean? I mean, we know that we have, we, we were talking with my guest last week, we have no um, national security because of the border. Uh, so where, what do you want more money for? What are you going to do? Is that just to process more people illegally into the country? Is it more tents? Is it more Xboxes and um, cell phones and people to do your laundry? People. I mean, that's taxpayer paying for it. Though. That's you. Um, it's it's sickening. It's just ridiculous. I felt so bad. I was in the uh, oral surgeon's office this week, and um, there, you know, the the rooms are just separated by a, a wall. It's not a, you know, a 
a personal um, room. So I could hear the lady next to me, and she was in there with a young child, had driven an hour, and um, was just talking about with the uh, the oral surgeon how am I how can I afford this can you help me so that I can afford because she had to get work done um you know it was a medical need it wasn't um you know something that she just wanted to come in and 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 uh, kind of get kick the tires on I mean she needed to have this I, I heard the whole conversation and um she was all short just short of crying and I told my wife I said you know it hit me that you've got this going on, this young mother, she's got her young son with her there, and she, you know she doesn't know how she's going to pay for, I think it was $1,800, if I heard right, uh, procedure, and we're giving all of these illegal immigrants um, all of this free stuff. Money, phones, beds, do your laundry, put you on a plane, whatever. If that's not the most upside down world, then I don't know what is. So it's just very, very uh, disheartening. And like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic that the new speaker, Michael Johnson, is going to be able to do a decent job going forward. I know there'll be disappointments, um, but just the fact that we're talking about things individually is very very positive in 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 my opinion you know and then we've continued to talk about our um depend our energy uh dependence on uh countries that hate our guts literally and say that they want us you know wiped off the the map just like israel um and they're out there trying to make deals with these communist and marxist um socialist governments and um a lot of that is the this whole fake uh, and false narrative of climate change that uh, people are are trying to um, you know to get traction on, and you know a lot of them have, and that's our money too. You know what Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and any Republican, I don't care, I don't care who you are, what stripe you are, that votes for this stuff is um, is a danger. To the country, and I hope they they get voted out. Um, we saw this week Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, he had to be escorted off stage and out of the room down in D.C. because of climate protesters interrupting his speech. And he was talking about monetary policy. These goofballs that I don't know, um, maybe they don't have a job, maybe they have you know rich parents or they have. Um, people paying them to protest or you never know who's funnel uh, who's funding you know a lot of these um, uh, eco-terrorists basically their organizations um, it, it, I'm sure some of it's coming from China some of it's coming from Russia because they're going to benefit from it so you've got these uh, protesters they apparently were called climate defiance and they were removed by uh, you know security but um it's just a, another example of the extremists, you know, the the, the BLM and uh, the Antifa and the uh, eco-terrorists that are out there. And now we're seeing it with um, what's going on with the uh, pro-Palestine um, 
protest and as i mentioned earlier the the spray paint and the destruction and the fighting and the death of uh, of the man out in los angeles and other things um it's just it's very very sad you know to see that and we have to stop it um and um really circle the wagons because there are a lot of idiots out there for sure and um like I said, why it's so important is because of those people seeping out into the younger ones, especially seeping out into society uh, and being put in certain positions, whether, you know, again, it's human resources or if they're um, supported by the George Soros of the world and they get elected to office where we actually see those results. We're seeing what's going on now with the lawfare um against um president trump against um people praying outside of an abortion clinic we see it when um parents that love their children and care about them stand up and push back at a uh you know a meeting with the school board we're seeing how those folks are painted in this negative light when really all the the, the whole dumpster fire is the other things that, you know, I just mentioned a couple minutes ago with with the um, with the Marxist organizations. You know, the other thing that's kind of blowing up a little bit is um, this ESG stuff, that agenda, the environmental, social and governance. Um, people are pushing back saying, you know, that's pretty stupid. Uh, at one point, it probably was legitimate, but. Like many things, it's been hijacked the last uh, 15 years, especially. So what was nice is we had the House Ways and Means Committee heard testimony um, from people about the misuse of ESG, environmental, social, and governance, and how um, it's actually hurting Americans as far as the the investors go, and our economy. Um, You know, and they're very important things, the American economy and retirement savings in particular, right? So um, they were basically saying that, look, this uh, directive from Biden to permit corporate pension plans to invest employees' retirement money to achieve climate or social justice-related goals, they were saying that that was not appropriate, and it's not. So how do you know that it's it's uh, it's wrong and that it shouldn't be done. Well, as soon as people were pushing back on it in this uh, this hearing, you started hearing from um, Democrats and others saying that it was racist. So you know you're right because they can't they can't win a debate, they can't win an argument, they can't produce facts numbers. So they call you a racist or homophobe or an Islamophobe or an anti-Semite or or whatever, right? So they start throwing out all of those um, those labels because they have literally no facts to stand on, no provable facts to stand on. Not their facts that are made up, but things that are provable. And the other thing along with that, it was nice to see bipartisan bill came out of the senate this week it was uh introduced i should say that would require private equity firms to make public 
how much they invest in China and other countries of concern. So, um, you know, this is the latest effort to track what money in particular is going to China and how China benefits from it. But it's also other countries like Iran, Russia, North Korea. Um, but apparently U.S. private investment firms have poured more than $80 billion just into China from 2018 to 2022 via pension plans. Well, okay, why is that important? It's important because those U.S. investments are aiding the Chinese Communist Party with their technological advances to modernize their military, which, of course, one day they'll use against us if they get that opportunity. So um, I think it's great that any anybody has to disclose what they're or who they're doing business with and how it's being done with the Chinese Communist Party. That's a good thing for everybody, not for the Chinese Communist Party, but for the rest of us, it is. It's a very good thing. So um, I, I love that type of legislation that's coming out. And I think it's uh, it's very appropriate because, again, it it, it, it gives you that transparency where you have a, a little bit more knowledge about your hard-earned money that you've invested, what it's invested in, who it's benefiting, who it's hurting. So um, hopefully that bipartisan bill will get through the Senate and we'll see more progress there. All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking about recession, artificial intelligence, you name it. Stay tuned. Pounding with a bottle and in the bed There was a little, little bit left So I picked it up and I killed the rest It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there, uh, whether it's this uh, program or uh, one of our previous programs. Again, I uh, just want to say it. Uh, happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps and also happy Veterans Day uh, to all of our veterans. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate you guys and uh, and gals and, and, and your families and friends and everybody that makes sacrifices uh, for you uh, making our lives uh, safe and and better. So thanks for that. So there's a lot of talk about recession, right? There has been for a while, um, and um, a lot of data comes out and points toward a recession. Uh, For example, we've talked about this, obviously, for years. The uh, Federal Reserve was so far behind on gauging inflation, and then they had to play catch-up. So they went from pretty much uh, a quarter of a percent as a Fed fund rate to five and a quarter to five and a half, kind of where we are right now. Um, so you saw this 
dramatic increase in uh, interest rates over a very short period of time because they were playing catch-up. Now, what we have to remember is every change they make to monetary policy with interest rates in particular is it's going to take um, probably six to nine months to see how that is really going to impact our country and our economy and our financial markets um, and the bond market. It, you know, you fill in the blank. Um so when you're doing it month after month and you're just cranking it up, you're you're really, like I said, playing catch up and you're flying by the seat of your pants. I mean, it just it this has been just sickening to watch how this Federal Reserve um, has has handled this. But that's what they've done. That's where we are. Um, they're still not sure if inflation is going to be. Um, to their target of 2% in the near future. There's a lot of games we're going to talk about. Okay, here's the headline number for the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. And then we're just going to look at the core. We're going to strip out um, food and energy. Well, how realistic is that? I don't know about you, but I eat and I need to get around. So I need energy resources that I use and pay for, and I need food that I use and pay for. But anyway, they'll talk about the core and then a uh, uh, large part of the component of the CPI is shelter. So rents are up. So then they'll say, OK, let's look at the core and strip out shelter or rents. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a shell game. We live in the real world every day. We pay our rent. We pay our mortgage. We buy food. We buy gas and diesel, you name it. That's the real world. So even though the Fed doesn't live in the real world, we do. And, um, and you know, it's easy for them not to live in the real world. Some of them are, um, that have been appointed are narcissistic. They're just, they're so full of themselves and they think they're so important in the, the things that they say and do. Um, Jerome Powell, I mean, the guy's worth probably $50 million, if not more. He made his money in the private sector, right? He doesn't, I mean, he's so detached. All these people live in bubbles, echo chambers. So, you know, the one I talked about earlier this year and people like him, and I'm sure he's a nice guy, uh, I guess he is, Neil Kashkari from the Minneapolis uh, Federal Reserve, I actually pulled up a doc, uh, an article where he was quoted saying that he thought interest rates could stay near zero well into 2023. I mean, how wrong can you be? And you're making monetary policy? You said that a year and a half ago, two years ago, that you could keep zero interest rate policy to 2023 and we were already starting to see inflation see that's what i mean it's not you know we're not bashing people we're not picking on people it's how well or how poorly are you doing your job transitory come on everybody knew that inflation was real it wasn't going to be gone in two weeks or two months but anyway they're still looking for their two percent target 
Doesn't look like it's going to be there anytime soon, again, unless you play the shell game and start saying, well, if we strip out uh, energy and food and shelter and whatever else they want to do. Um, and by the way, a lot of economists were right on board with these people at the Federal Reserve looking right into the camera or, you know, talking into the microphone in interviews, saying it was transitory, it's not as bad as you think, telling us it's not, the inflation's not as bad as you think it is. So, I, you know, they've lost all credibility, really. Um, but anyway, with those interest rates going up, we've started to see some of the data really downshift. Um, the The... Jobs report last Friday was a good example of that. Came up way short. Um, when you start really looking into it in more detail, like uh, many of the previous jobs reports, people are taking second and third jobs because they have to, not because they want to, and they're workaholics. It's because they have to, to make ends meet. Or then we go back to, like I was talking uh, at the beginning of the program about um, people using credit cards people getting hardship loans from their 401k. These are all real things for the American American worker. These are real for families. So the things that we hear and see on TV or on the radio or on the internet or in some fish wrap newspaper, you really have to discount most of it, it seems like these days. Because you look at the hard numbers and they're not good. So we started to see those um, issues in the payroll numbers. Um, Unfortunately, this Labor Department is back to the same old, same old. This is just an extension of um, this administration of Obama. I mean, a lot of his people are making the, the moves behind the curtain. But you're seeing these constant revisions and they're negative coming from the Labor Department week after week with initial jobless claims. So it's smoke and mirrors tell you something like, oh, okay, I see that number. Then you look in the next week. Oh, we were wrong. There was two or three thousand more people applied for initial jobless claims, you know, thinking that because that news is so old, nobody is going to pay attention to it. And you know what? Most people don't. But I'm the guy that does. And I like to share it with you so you know what's going on. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the consumers getting stretched. Um U.S. savings depleted for the bottom 80% of households is uh, is in in it's rapid. I mean, we see it um, constantly again that people wipe out their savings and are going to the credit card thing. So that's you know that's part of the, the issues that we're seeing and the concerns with the recession. And then one of the reports we talk about is uh, the leading economic index, so the LEI, and that's known as an early indication um, of which way the economy is going to go over the next uh, three to six months, six months in particular. So the leading economic uh, index is uh, minus 4.3, I think, right now. Um it's right in that area. Um, it's negative, and these are forward-looking components of uh, consumer expectations for business conditions, the ISM index for new orders, building permits, average weekly hours, manufacturing uh, new orders, 
um, and that's broken out into non-defense and, and, and aircraft, etc. But, you know, you look at these numbers and, and when you have the, especially the minus, like we've been seeing uh, month after month, um, it, it's a real concern because that it has been in the past, historically, has been a um, a precursor to a recession. So that, along with the inverted yield curve that we've been, and I'm not going to get too wonky, but, you know, that we've seen um, the last year in particular, you know, and some other things, that's why people are really worried about a recession. And by the way, recessions are normal. I mean, we have them. It's part of the cycle. Um, I think this one is uh, self-induced, unfortunately, because of the just horrific policy um, that, uh, you know, that that's been forced on uh, Americans. But, you know, we would have to deal with it if we see this recession, um, whether it's the beginning of 2024 or into 2024. Um, then the question is, you, you know, how long and how deep? So you've probably heard the term soft landing that the Federal Reserve has been cranking up interest rates, but they don't want to overdo it because that could drive us into a crater as far as a really, really tough recession. So they're looking for that almost the perfect parge that Goldilocks is going to say, okay, yeah, this is this is just right, and you know we'll have that soft landing after they've cranked these rates up like they have. Uh, and then, of course, if the economic data were continuing to continue to worsen, um, then you're going to have the questions, and they're already out there. When does the Federal Reserve start cutting interest rates to take their boot off the throat of uh, of Americans and and American uh, business owners? So that that comes into play as well. Not only if when if we have a recession, but um, if we do. How long and how deep will it be? You know, we've had some real severe recessions like we did during the financial and housing crisis back in 2000 to 2009. Um, it was it was tough, really tough, um, you know, and you saw the leading economic index giving you a precursor to what um, what might be coming. And we've been talking about the leading economic indicators, and it hasn't been good news. So that's something that we'll watch as well. And then uh, it gets back to um, how long, how deep, how severe is um, is a recession going to be if, in fact, we have one. So we'll stay on top of that like we always do and let you know um, what the data looks like and uh, and help you better understand and navigate the waters. So the other thing that's been really uh, talked about um, this last year in particular, I mean, it's been uh, being cranked up for kind of year after year. Actually, it was probably 12 years ago, I'm guessing, that I did a, an interview on IBM with, uh, they were, you know, doing the supercomputer, the Watson thing. And I remember talking to two uh, very nice ladies 
about that. I, I interviewed them uh, when I was up in New York on business in Manhattan. And, um, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the the general public talking about supercomputers or artificial intelligence. And that's just been ramping up um, constantly uh, over the years. And what we're seeing is all that talk about artificial intelligence is um, some of these companies are really making strides in that area. And actually, if you look at the S&P 500 index for this year, it hasn't been an S&P 500 good year. It's been an AI good year. Because those stocks that are in the S&P 500 that have been on a roll with AI are really the ones that are pushing the index overall to a higher level. So, um, you know, you think of your Microsofts and others. I mean, if you take out the AI companies that have been really doing most of the rallying, um, it's, it's fairly flat. So you've got, you know, a couple handful of, uh, of companies that are by far leading the entire S&P 500. So you've got 500 companies, but like I said, you've got, you know, one or two handfuls in particular of stocks that are responsible for the overall gain of that index. So, you know, that is it real? Right. The artificial intelligence. Is it real? Is it hype? Um, When you have companies, you know, some of these very, very big, well-established companies that already have, like I mentioned, Microsoft, you know, with the cloud and and things of that nature. um, And they're expanding on their AI, their artificial intelligence. It bodes a good argument that, you know, it, it's going to be a serious player. How big the space is, you know, that's questionable. And a lot of times the, the, the company or the product is based on its usage. And I'll just give you an example of how that usage, uh, one way that it's measured. So they call it race to 1 million users. So, Twitter, now X, it took them two years to get one million users. Uh, Facebook, it took Facebook 10 months to get one million users. Uh, Spotify, the um, the digital uh, music company, Um, It took Spotify five months, just five months to get one million users. Now, I don't know if you've heard, you probably have, of chat GPT, artificial intelligence. You can, you know, you've probably heard you can go on and ask a question, whether whatever your question is. They're going to give you an answer. You can go on and ask them to write you a paragraph on a on a subject. You can um, apparently go on and ask them to write a, a sequel to a book that's already been written. 
um, to write a, a musical play, whatever. It has those types of uh, capabilities. Um, chat GDP, the race to 1 million users, they were there in five days. So again, I'll go back. Twitter, it took them two years. Facebook, it took them 10 months. Spotify, it took them five months. ChatGTP had 1 million users in five days to utilize that artificial intelligence. So when you're looking at it from that standpoint, there is a strong argument uh, for artificial intelligence going forward. I've heard really good things. I've heard horror stories. Uh, the dangerous side of this is they're talking about and actually uh, working on uh, brain chip implants, not for the paraplegic or people that really need it, but literally just for people. <laughs> and you get into that transhumanism stuff, man, and it's not good. It's uh, it's scary. So we'll see how it plays out. And one caution I'd like to give you when it comes to artificial intelligence, always remember that it's biased. Just like it is with Google and, and other technology, if you are a conservative Christian in particular, the things that you ask about, you'll see, are pushed to the bottom of the rung. And when you a- ask, you know, chat... GPT, a question, especially when it comes to the, uh, you know, the, the Christian religions and backgrounds and things, be careful what you believe. Be very careful because they're biased. They have been, just like I said, Google is with search engines and others, and uh, they're not going to be any different. All right, that does it for us. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob and Chris. Uh, we talk live at 550, 7.50 a.m. every weekday morning. We'll be back here uh, for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program next weekend. As I mentioned at the top of the program, um, joining me um, in a couple weeks uh, is uh, Dr. Ben Carson. He's going to join us again for our 26-year uh, anniversary. Hey, uh, Happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps. Thank you guys for everything. And um, also, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. Thank you, your families, your loved ones, your friends, uh, all those that sacrifice along with you to, uh, to keep us safe. Um, we, uh, we really, really appreciate it. Can't say thank you enough. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Two days past 18, he was waiting on a bus and his army green sat down in a booth. The cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she gave him a smile. He said, would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? And feeling pretty low. She said, I'm off in an hour and no place we can go. Down and sat on the pier. He said, I bet you got a... 
past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.